Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're done with your Oreo. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with my Oreo. Okay, good. Um, Do we really know what happened? The brother did. The brother, that's what I thought too. I mean, that seems like kind of obvious. Hey, do you want to talk about death? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I said that murdery thingy 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 because we're recording this on Skype. Because <laughs> Chloe's up <laughs> up in Chicago land. Chloe is currently fangirling about you. Oh. <laughs> Someone's um, got a crush. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing this over Skype. See how it works. <laughs> this, could be, this could be a straight up like disaster, like audio. Why not even that? Well, I think we've set up a good, like, baseline of just, like, having shitty audio generally. It's, like, not great. So if this isn't great, like, okay, it's, like, fine. It's, like, normal. I agree. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing. I mean... <laughs> hey, so welcome to Mystery Murdery Thingy. My name's Chloe. My name's Mario. It is? I think so. My middle what? name's okay, Alonzo, okay. but I don't like that. Are you are you doing a mystery, a murder, or a thingy? Thingy. Okay, I'm doing a thingy. I'm doing a thingy. Yeah. I already knew uh, that. Yeah, I was gonna do Atlantis. <laughs> okay, here's my journey. My journey. My research journey today. Yes. I was gonna do Atlantis, and then. I found out that it was basically a myth written by Plato, so it's no mystery. It's, like, straight up a myth. And then one of the theories was that it was the Minoans, and so I wanted to talk about the Minoans, but the Minoans were just blown up by a volcano. 
but so they were like really that, cool. That's not a mystery either. But they were what? really, but they were really cool. Yeah, but that's not. There's no mystery. Yeah. So, so there's no substance there. Yeah, you could have found a mystery. Whatever. Anyway, keep um, telling your story. Sorry. So I am doing. I found something freaking crazy. Nice. It's called. It is called the Belmez Faces. Oh, that sounds very strange. Yeah, it's okay. It's paranormal. It's some like weird ghosty shit. Ooh. <laughs> Are you excited? I'm excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no. Marissa says she doesn't fuck with ghosts. Yeah. All right. We've also got an We're audience. Starting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do have an audience. <laughs> Okay, go. No, you guys are the audience. Oh, yeah. No, we are. And was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm on stage. Right. I've been an audience. Like, you know, you're the That's audience. Okay. <laughs> the home of Maria Gomez Carrera in Balmez de la Moraleda in Spain started seeing the shape of faces in her kitchen floor no. in August. In August 23rd, 1971. So it started out as like weird stains and then it eventually developed into faces. Um, and then it started to like, even people claim that the faces also moved positions and weird shit like that. Marissa has a, Marissa has a question. Okay, go. Sorry, this is what I mean. But... My question is, what type of floors did she have? She had, what type of floors did she have? She had, no, no, they were concrete floors. Oh. And, um. I would thought tile. She, yeah, she, hate, she hated them. They, her and her family, they tried to scrub them out, tried everything, um, but they were going to move. Eventually, her husband and son, eventually, they took a pickaxe to the floor. They tore it all up. And then they refilled it in with concrete. But a week later, the faces reappeared. Of course. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so rumors spread all over the, their little town. Um, the house became more popular as people started flocking. They wanted to see this weird phenomena. And it was even named the House of Faces. Huh. The House of the, Faces sounds like a Rob Zombie movie. I suppose. <laughs> Okay, so the mayor didn't want the pieces destroyed. He, like, heard about this and stuff. So they cut them out and preserved them for study. So that's how we know some other facts that I'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. So Maria still wanted them to be removed. So what they ended up doing was they excavated the, the entire kitchen, took everything out, and they, guess what, they found... Skeletons no. under the floor. What? No, yeah. What? Um, yeah. Some of them had no skulls. <gasps> so remember, I was like, remember when I was like, oh, this is, I, it's totally debunked. But they actually, like, the skeleton part is real. They found dead bodies under the floor. They were tested, and they were found to be about 700 years old. And what they ended up doing was they took the bodies. They um, reinterred them to a Catholic cemetery, and then they refilled the floor with concrete. But then another face reappeared, this time a different one. Huh. And at this point, multiple 
faces started appearing in the floor. So it kind of like she made it worse, like fucking around. Like um, the, the face ghosts were faces, like, no, men, we're not leaving. Children. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, go on. I'll stop all there. kinds of faces, men, even children, no pets. Um, so the world of parapsychology, all those people got excited about it. They heard about it. Paranormal experts heard about it. It was, and it was determined to be the most important, well-documented paranormal case of the 20th century. So mm. this also wasn't in like 1905 or some shit. This was in the 70s yeah. over in Spain. Wow. So visitors flocked to the house, all the students, researchers, priests, cops, journalists, all skeptics, everybody wanted to see for themselves this weird thing that was going on. Right. So she gained all of this popular popularity. Apparently she made some money. Um, experts say that it was a hoax. They say that it was all a big publicity stunt to gain more tourism and make some extra money. Sounds like a water issue too. It sounds like, it sounds like pretty plausible when I read that. I was like, ah, damn it. The, that makes sense. Yeah. And then I went to Wikipedia, my great friend, and, um, there are a couple other sites too that have this entire science, scientific breakdown of the contents of the floor and the, the substance that made, like that made the faces. Mm -hmm. So they ended up testing them and it was found that they had used, apparently, allegedly, had used some kind of paints or chemical agent to print the faces on the floor, which to me seems weird because they're really detailed. They're not like 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 some smiley faces or some shit. Yeah. These are like portraits. Like they were pretty and, believable. Yes, yes, and um, and there were a lot, um, and. I'm going to post pictures of on the Instagram page too. They're kind of creepy. Yeah. I was so, looking at some pictures. They're, they're like pretty creepy. Yeah. So an, um, an expert named Manuel Carbalau stated um, that the results of the Instituto de Ceramica y, y Vibrios ICV, it was a chemical analysis, chemical analysis that proved that there wasn't, there was, paint there but it wasn't it didn't prove that that's that was like the base material and that that was like what was actually used because it was also a floor like it had been painted and stuff okay so it was like a lot of the chemical analyses that were found were inconclusive um and that and this is what i also found was pretty interesting they, because of all these rumors circled and that it was a hoax, people wanted to know. So what they ended up doing, they had a pretty legit investigation. So um, officials did a full-on little experiment. So what they did, they sealed the room for three months. Investigators and TV crew were there. Um, they made it so there was no way to get in, and if mm -hmm. someone were to temper with tamper with the the floor, they would know. Okay. Um, there was you would know if someone was breaking in there. Right, right. And there were people there all the time. So the faces that had been there before, once they reopened the room, had moved and they changed. 
they're different faces than they were before when they sealed the room off. What? And this when is that like bullshit. This is like on camera. I mean, this is like they filmed it. They go away. They leave it for three months. They film it again, and it's different. Well, they didn't film inside the room. Oh. That's okay. what's also kind of like, I guess you could poke some holes in there. Because we just kind of have just, to take it on their word that it was different. I guess. Yeah, I suppose. But if there was also people visiting it, but not you weren't allowed to like go in there. So Right. Like so, it was truly that nobody, nobody was in there. Nobody could go in there. It was probably ghosts. So, I think ghost painters. These these ghosts were not, very like artistic. I appreciate that. Um, there's another theory though, um, called photography. This is pretty fucked. Um, that sounds super fucking made up. So photography. <laughs> Shut. <up>. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Photography is the idea that one can create images into an object with their mind. Oh my god. I just thought of this super great thing. Oh my god, it's right there. So, the idea is that some people (coughs) are able to manifest... Bullshit. No, it's real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a lot like telekinesis. Like, they're... um, they're, they're related. So they're some like, people are like able to manifest people. their thoughts and emotions into a physical form. So basically, Maria, she could have done it whether she knew she was doing it or not. Um, this, it could be conscious like or subconscious. Yeah, like that's one of the, the things behind poltergeists, right, is they think it's like a manifestation of the emotional turmoil. That's what happens with, like, people going through puberty or whatever. Yeah, it's like a psychic phenomenon. We talked about this before. That's like one we of the theories. About puberty. That's like one of the theories behind it. Puberty. Because of the emotional turmoil, the hormones, you get all riled up when you're going through the changes with the glands. So, so you start throwing glass on the floor with your mind. I don't get it, man. That is exactly it. Yep. Step one. Step two. Makes perfect sense. So back to the photography. Um, Believers claim that the face is changed with her moods. Um, However, if this was true, according to our quote-unquote experts, the faces would have gone away after her death in 2004, but they're still there. And apparently, they're still there to this day. They're not as fresh, they're not as clear, but Mm. they're there. Um, So yeah, I kind of had a short one today. That's basically it. But in conclusion, there's still, like, a lot of unanswered questions in this case. What are they? In that, well, in that, if this was, if this was real, mm-hmm. and they, uh, why, why would they go through such a, a process just to get a little bit of 15 minutes of fame? Sure. What was their, their straight up motive behind that? Also... There were many different faces. They changed all the time, and they were extremely detailed. They weren't like – it didn't seem like somebody could sit, sit on the floor and paint them. Right. And also, it was excavated many times, and they found skeletons. They found fucking bodies under the floor. And that's real. I mean, you know, you, the, 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 the skeletons weren't a hoax, right? You know, I mean, they were like real human bodies, right? 
Um, well, so one, if it were a hoax, I think it would it would be more like um, what happened with uh, what is it the the Amityville horror, right? Where like the yeah. family tried to make a whole thing out of it. They made a TV show. Like they tried to profit. And like, yes, that was definitely a full on hoax. Um, this doesn't seem like that. This seems like they weren't into it in that same way. So that I think, yeah, sort of leads you away, at least from them doing it as a host. And two, I, if it is real, as it so clearly is, I just think about it as if, you know, what would Dean and Sam think about this and what would the supernatural episode built up around it be? What would the plot be? Would, who would they have to, would they meet some kind of historical figure from 700 years ago? I don't know, but I think it's, nah, uh, they would burn, they would burn and salt the bones and that would be it. Yeah. That's cause that's how like a lot of them are. Sammy! Um, Jeez. so yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely weird. And you said they're still there. Like it's like preserved now. Yeah, and the and the the mayor preserved them. Like he want he was like, don't don't right. destroy them. Like let's take them out. Let's study them. Let's bring like tourists said, to our town. Exactly, and so like I said, they were nothing was ever super um, concrete. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Good, so good pun. Good use. I'm of proud pun. of it. Yeah, that was a good one. So my. Sources were a Historic Mysteries article by Les Hewitt, a Ranker article by April A. Taylor, and a website called Atlas Obscuro article by Louise Morato, and a little bit of Wikipedia. But the Wikipedia page was full of, like, they, like, detailed the ICV analysis and what they found and, like, the contents of this, this, and that. And it was really confusing, and I didn't want to read it because science is boring. Yes, um, but also very interesting. If you think about it in a different way where it's not boring, just think about that because, you know, change your mind, you know. A little bit of a mind flip. You're into the time slip. You know, Rocky Horror. Yeah. Whatever you say, man. Um, And that uh, is my advice for the week. Um, Make of it what you will. I am going to talk about... The Tarim Mummies. Um, Ew. Yeah. So some mummification action. Um, like the bog bodies. I was immediately going to mention the bog bodies because this is like kind of similar in a way. So the Tarim Mummies, they're like these group of like extremely well-preserved mummies that were created through a natural process like the bog bodies, but this time in the desert. So this is in what's called the Taklamakan Desert in the Tarim Basin, which is modern uh, Xinjiang province, China. So this is like the northwest part of China, Central Asia. Oh. And it's like a really, really dry desert. Um, It's actually, I saw in one source, the farthest point from the sea that you could like get on Earth. You know, because this is, like, that area where it's, like, between, you know, China and Europe 
and Russia, and it's just like this huge fucking landmass, and it's like thousands of miles away from the ocean. So there's like a lack of moisture, and also a, an alkaline, like the sand is like alkaline, and apparently those things in combination made it possible to like have these super, super well-preserved mummies. Like one of them even has like the eyelashes intact. That's how well these fucking things are preserved, like better than the bog bodies, way better than the Egyptian mummies. But like I said, these weren't done intentionally. You know, these were like a natural phenomenon kind of thing. Oh, so they weren't like the mum- like the mummies in, in Egypt, they were done like like it was like some kind of surgery. Like that was intentional. These ones were just there. Exactly. Like the mummies in Egypt, they even, you know, had the process where they they would take out the organs, they would put them into little casks they would switch out you know the the fluids in the body to to like embalm the body like they had this whole like elaborate process they would go through with these mummies what literally what they would do is they would paint their faces um sometimes they would leave them with some like ceremonial belongings for the afterlife or whatever but they would just be put in what's called a dolmen which is i guess like this um it's like a stone structure. So you just have like big stones on each side and then a big stone over top of it. And you kind of like fill it in with sod and stuff, but it's just like a little, you know, makeshift tomb. And these are actually found mostly in Britain and France. They're kind of like a Celtic kind of thing, but they're also found in central China or in central Asia, like Northwest China, but like 3000 years ago. So that's like the mystery of these things, right? That there are some of these mummies that are clearly, we know through like stuff like that and also DNA analysis, that these are European people, that these are like probably Celtic people, but they're found like thousands of miles away from where you would expect in a part of the world that we did not know that they had gotten to at that time. And we're not like totally sure how that actually even happened. So that's like kind of the big like mystery with this one. So I'm going to talk first about this particular one called uh, Cherchen Man. And I'm not really sure how to say that. If it's like Cherchen Man or Cherchen Man, I don't really know. But he was from about 1000 BCE, so about 3000 years ago. And his clothing and like his appearance all made him seem like, you know, like a Celtic person. Like, he was wearing these, like, leggings that had, like, a tartan pattern on them. And he had red hair, he was about six feet tall, and he was wearing a red twill tunic. And there's, like I said, those markings on the face, which some people mistake them for tattoos, but apparently they were actually, like, face painting kind of stuff. So were those put there on purpose? Yeah, it definitely seems like it. it uh, it's, I think unclear just because we don't really know what this culture was exactly whether those were just like normal markings or if that was something done as part of the ceremony for the death like it's not really possible to know at this point but um that was just like another prominent feature of like some of these um that probably was tied into like that sort of celtic culture i presume so the Cherchen man there are a couple of other mummies uh, that are in the same tomb site there's one that is uh, what's presumed to be his son, which is a one-year-old, 
uh, mummy, which I think is, like, very strange. And, like, you look at the picture of it, and it's, like, very creepy. You talk about, like, Annabelle. It's, like, I mean, it's obviously a human person, you know. I mean, you want to have, like, empathy for that person that lived 3,000 years ago. But it's just, like, very, very off-putting, right? Um, and uh, the, the one-year-old had brown hair, and it was wearing a red and blue felt cap. And it had two stones that were left, like, on its eyes. You know, if you've ever seen, like, where, you know, some cultures, they'll put, like, um, what is it, like, coins on the eyes? Pennies. Or pennies on the eyes. Like, it seems like it's maybe something akin to that. Although, I guess with the pennies in the eyes, it's supposed to be, like, they're paying the, the toll, right, to go across the River Styx to get to the afterlife. I don't know. Maybe it has some similar function here. And the, the, I think this is actually really sad. The, the baby, it still had the baby bottle with it. Like, that's preserved, including the sheep's udder that was lying, like, right beside it. So. Oh, my gosh. I know. And, and I don't Do think we know they really know. How they died? That's exactly what I was just about to say. I don't think we really know how they died either. Like, and that's kind of part of it, too, that they haven't been super well studied because the government of China doesn't really want them to be super well studied. But. Um, yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk about some of that as we go through here, but that's kind of a, a whole thing throughout this, you know, that there, that's part of what creates the mystery around them is that the official, you know, government, whatever is like not really allowing people to, to, uh, look at them too closely, um, except at like a couple of times where they've been able to do some, some DNA analysis. So, and there was also a woman that was found at the same site. So there was the Cherishan man, the baby, and the woman. And the woman had light brown hair, and it was also braided, I think, in a way that suggested, you know, this kind of, like, early European cultures. And her face was also painted. So, like I said, the, the big mystery here is, you know, how and why are we finding these, like, seemingly European Celtic people? And, and the Celtic Empire did stretch a really big... You know, it was very large, but this is, like, way outside even those bounds, you know, in Central Asia 3,000 years ago. Um, and like I said, this is modern northwest China, where the modern-day Uyghur minority is concentrated. And uh, they, they've actually um, sort of taken on some of these mummies as part of their culture, even though the, the DNA says something a little bit different. But I, I thought that was kind of interesting. But when Cherishan Man was around... Are those, so, is that... Is that the, the... The culture of people that you said were, like, extremely, extremely discriminated against? Yes. They they are very much an oppressed, heavily oppressed people um, by the Chinese government. The Chinese government basically considers them to be in, invaders, in a sense. Um, the best guess is that the the Uyghur minority probably relocated to this area in, like, I can't remember exactly what it was, um, like 800 or something, um, like 800 or 900. I can't remember if that was BCE or, or CE, but anyway, a long time ago. Um, and they've, you know, they've been there and they've, like, made it their home, but the, the Chinese, and I think it's also partly because they're Muslim, and the, you know, the Chinese government is, like, not about religion at all. They, like, are, are very much oppressive of... Anyway, we're, we're getting kind of far afield, but, but yes, that, that is the, that same uh, minority group. 
so when the Church of Man was around, though, and like I said, that was about, you know, like um, 1000 BCE or so, it was this area of what became Northwest China was what would become part of the Silk Road, which was this, like, really, really long trading route between Europe and China. Yeah. Right, that got set up several hundred years yeah. later, starting in, like, the... the late 3rd century, early 4th century uh, CE. But apparently there were already some Western, Eastern contacts happening in, in that, that interface, you know, between, like, you have the, the steppes, you know, to the south, and, like, Siberia to the north, and uh, Europe to the, the west, and, and, and China to the east. Apparently there were people coming over from at least three of those that we know of, right? Um, the, it seems like the people from the East actually came later, and the people from the West and the South and the North were already there, even like 3,000 years ago, trying to inhabit this very inhospitable area, you know, of the, the Terran Basin. And, um... So... Like, sorry, go is on. That, is, that, is that maybe how these Celtic people got there? Yeah, we don't really know exactly. It seems like there were people moving into this area from different directions, you know, just kind of generally um, because of, you know, they were being driven out by war or because, you know, new trading opportunities. Um, Apparently there were these pretty extensive um, city-states in some of the different oases around the, the Terran Basin, around the Taklamon uh, Desert, um, because there there are these, these kind of, like, pockets of water, especially around, like, the, the edge, and that's, like, where the Silk Road was built up. So presumably these people were, like, you know, and, and I think from what they know, these people were mainly, like, nomads. So maybe they were also just groups that were kind of pushing out further, you know, and pushing out further. And, like, we know that the Celts eventually stretched from, like, you know, Turkey um, down to, like, Italy all the way over to northern Britain. So we know that this was, like, a very mobile culture in general. So, um, yeah, at this point I don't know that there's enough evidence to really say, like, how it happened or why it happened exactly, why they're there, but that's, like, my, I don't know, presumptions random thoughts, meandering <laughs> musings of some sort, you know? <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay, so like I said before, there were a couple of DNA analyses done, and those definitively showed that these people shared both Western and Eastern heritage. So, you know, these weren't probably, like, the people who came over. Cause, I mean, that doesn't wouldn't really make sense in that ancient context anyway, right? Who literally, like, these weren't the literally the people who came over from Europe, but these were their, you know, like, fairly close descendants. And they, they showed that through especially the mitochondrial DNA, um, which is that type that's only passed through the, the mother's line. And there were also some ancient Chinese texts that talk about these, like, historical figures who were, like, very tall who had, like, these deep-set blue or green eyes that had, like, long noses and full, like, 
beards with red or blonde hair, like what sounds more like European, you know, kind of uh, type people. And originally scholars had been like very skeptical of these, like, oh, these are just kind of like made up or whatever, or they're fakes, whatever. But now that the physical evidence is kind of matching up with what is there, I think they're, they're gaining more kind of credence. So we're, we're, I guess, finding out that there may have been more fluid contacts between Europe and China in the ancient times, you know, than, than we probably would have thought were possible, at least I thought were possible, you know, before kind of looking into this a little bit. And um, I just wanted to talk about another few of these um, mummies, just to mention them. And uh, one of them is called uh, Lulan Beauty. She's actually a little bit older. She's about 4,000 years old. And she had, like, long, flowing hair. And she looks very Nordic. Was about 45 when she died. And um, she was one that was, like, buried with some supplies. Presumably, like, for her afterlife. And another one is called Yingpan Man. About 2,000 years old. And he was a little bit different. He was found with a death mask made out of hemp. And had, like, gold foil on it. And he had a red robe that was decorated with these, like, flying angel figures and antelopes. And apparently all of this points to, like, a Greek, like, Hellenistic culture. So that may be evidence that also, like, Hellenistic cultures were present, you know, in the ancient times in this area as well. I know, and yeah, that one definitely sounds like he's a more kind of, like, high-class type of person. Um... And then also is the last one I'm going to mention. Oh, no, a couple last ones. Uh, Hami Mummy, about, uh, from about the same time as Cherishin Man, about 1000 BCE, also had red hair uh, found in uh, Kizil Choka. And then the, the last one I was going to talk about is kind of cool, kind of weird and creepy. Um, they're called the Witches of Subeshi. They're from about 400 BCE, and they were found with um, wearing two-foot-long black felt conical hats with the flat brim, like the classic witch hat. So, like, fucking witches. Real ancient witches. (laughs) Bitches. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) They were preserved the same way? And they were preserved the same way, yeah. They, um... All Did they have cultural. paint on their faces? Mm, that one didn't mention the paint on their faces. So I think some of some of them are from slightly different cultures, you know, and they're from different places around this area and different times. But it's all very mysterious. So that's my mystery. Bye. Um. So we can do some weird shit in the news too. But yeah, we're we're like kind of short. <laughs> this is gonna be a short episode. I know this is. That's fine. I think that's okay because this is kind of impromptu. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I guess we'll talk about whether we want to try to do this again in the future or not. But we'll we'll chuck this down as a, an experiment. Do Do you have any weird shit in the news? Weird shit. In the knee. Weird. Weird shit in the knee. Weird, weird. I do. I sent it to you. I don't know if you looked at it or not. Um, I don't, did I? I don't remember. What was it? 
So this is uh, some like conspiracy shit theory, crazy shit. So it's from the Washington Post, and uh, the the title is um, Air Force Captain with Top Secret Clearance Who Disappeared in 1983 is Discovered Living in California. I had already read the same story, but yes, so, I do remember it you was said thir- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was 35 years after he went missing. And so what he what happened was that he was going to the, the, the Netherlands, um, and he, like, told his family and everything. Apparently, um, he was there to help NATO test aircraft surveillance systems. Uh, do He was supposed to come back on August 1st. He was never seen again. He failed to report for duty on his car at the Albuquerque International Airport. There were, uh, like, a list. There were books, um, stuff like that. And then they found a surveillance video, which captured him withdrawing more than $28,000 from 19 different banks in the Albuquerque area on July 22nd. So they think that he returned from the Netherlands early and then just disappeared. So some people or his family really thought that he had been abducted because it was one of those things that they were like, oh, he would he would never leave without um, giving us a note. Um, but a lot of people, or some people also think that he went to the Soviets with highly classified information and that, 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 um, idea is something that created lots of conspiracy theories for years. So when he was, he was found here living in California, um, it's, I don't think it says they don't have an update on like what the heck he was doing, mm-hmm. but because of this information and that it was possibly related to um, uh, a slew of NASA catastrophes like the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster in 86, the uh, explosion of the um, Ariane rocket in French Guiana, it caused all of this like speculation and they thought it was like a result of Soviet sabotage, which could possibly have been from this captain. That but there's no actual evidence of any of that. So, That's all just speculation at this point, right? No, yeah, it's all it's all speculation. Um, it's not nothing is um, is is confirmed, right. and they don't have the whole story either. So he's awaiting pretrial proceedings for his desertion. Right. He right. faces up to five years of confinement. Forfeiture of all pay and dishonorable discharge from the Air Force. Yeah, so pretty weird. Okay, if you remember the the so-called Cuban sonic attacks, apparently, okay, so not only are there one or two more cases from Cuba, now there are a few cases, yeah, now there are a few cases in China, and, excuse me, they're like reporting the same kind of thing where they heard these weird noises and then they have these weird symptoms where it feels like a concussion and they have memory loss. And like, so anyway, no one knows what the fuck is going on with that still, but you know, that's like more and more mystery. But my real weird shit in the news is, um, 
severed rattlesnake head bites man who decapitated it. So, what? yeah. Apparently this is a thing that can happen, I suppose, according to these news stories about this thing that recently did happen. And apparently this was in South Texas. Woot woot. My neck of the woods. Oh my god. Yeah, and... (laughs) uh, Go Texas, not the politics. But this was near Corpus Christi, and this guy, you know, severed the, the head of this rattlesnake, and you wouldn't think that it would still be possible, but it actually did bite him and, in, you know, injected it with venom after it was dead, and he, you know, was was eventually, you know, given the whatever, anti-venom or whatever, but, yeah, watch out. Even if you cut off its head, unlike a zombie, or, no, like a zombie, it, it will still attack you. Right, we learned that from Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> I read that when humans are decapitated, they live for a little bit, too. I have heard that as well, like a few seconds, maybe. I think maybe. It's about, like, 20 seconds or something like that. But there have been reports of, like, heads blinking and shit. Exactly, yeah. I wonder if there's enough of those to, like, make a episode out of it. Probably not. But nah, I have heard of that as well, yeah. Especially with, like, um, the guillotine. Where it's like a really, you know, they they talk about how people, yeah, are like still conscious, their eyes are blinking or whatever. Weird stuff. Yeah. Disturbing. Uh, creepy. Yeah. Morbid. Mystery. Um, things. Any um anything else? Did uh did our guests uh abandon us? I suppose. <laughs> Um, Did they want to say anything? Yeah, some, yeah. Someone had to give um, someone a ride home. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I still got some rosé. Got some cheeses. Sounds like a good time. Gonna be a good night. Yeah, I can see your. Um, and I hope everybody listening has a good night as well. I hope that everyone listening um, has a good night as well as well I couldn't think of anything funny to say (laughs) I hope that I hope the stars align for everyone who wants to fall in love and I hope everyone has a great night nice Rob Valdez he's single he's pretty cute what's his twitter Twitter handle I don't have one what's what's his uh, what's his phone what's his home phone number (laughs) (laughs) are we uh is that it are we are we gonna do anything yeah yeah well um yeah thank you um only only cool cats allowed here on the on the pod i suppose uh i am very geeky and a square um yeah so my square oh that's so cute (laughs) I'm gonna fucking throw up. It's so cute. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, I will see you later. Okay, bye. Um, bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.